I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Hello, horror fans. Welcome to Be Afraid, the horror podcast hosted by Steve and Steve. You can find us as always at our Instagram page at Be Afraid Horror Podcast. And today we are on our third week of our Halloween films as we lead up to Halloween ends on September 14th. Third week means Halloween 3. Halloween 3 uh, is, again, it's the, um, it's, it's the only movie in the franchise that doesn't really feature Michael Myers, even though he, he's in it as a, uh, let's call it like, like the movie Inception. He's in like a film within a film. And so he's, uh, you could see him on TV as Tom Atkins watches him a couple times on TV during the film when he's watching the original Halloween. Um, the movie is directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who is also the director of It and Fright Night Part 2. The original director was actually supposed to be Joe Dante, who, uh, if you know the name Joe Dante and you just don't know what he has done, he's known for doing Gremlins 1 and 2, The Howling, um, the original Piranha, and, uh, some other movies that aren't quite horror. The Burbs is a great Tom Hanks movie, probably my favorite Tom Hanks movie. It has, like, a little, like, it's like, a a little ho a splash of horror in there, but um, it's really more of a comedy, obviously. And um, Small Soldiers, great 90s flick. Movie also stars Tom Atkins, who, um, in my opinion, just like guys like Christian Slater and Kevin Bacon, well, not counting Hollow Man for both those guys, don't really make bad movies. He's been on uh, The Fog, Creep Show, Escape from New York, Night of the Creeps. Um, great, great quote from Night of the Creeps. Um, He's in like a sorority house, and he looks at the uh, he looks at the girls in the house, and he goes, "Girls, I got good news and bad news. Good news, your dates are here. Bad news, they're dead." I always thought that was a great quote. He's also in Lethal Weapon, a Maniac Cop. So again, like he has a great resume, and if there's any reason just to sit down and watch Halloween three, it is Tom Atkins. Like I said, again, he's one of the most underrated actors that I've ever heard of. Um, but again, like Halloween 3, I'm going to say it, Steve, you agree with me, you could disagree with me. Halloween 3 is, uh, I'll say my top four Halloween movies in no specific order, Halloween 1, 3, 4, and 7. Um, 3 is probably number 2, right behind the first one. Um, that's crazy, you're not going to put Halloween Kills in there? <laughs> probably not, I, it, it's up there, but, I, you know, I might put Halloween Kills in, in front of number 4. Okay. Yeah, I respect that for sure, and um, uh, like you, I'm one of the, I guess we're like in the minority, um, a lot of people hate this movie, and mainly, you know, you can't blame them, because, like, I saw this way later on after, you know, it's well-known knowledge that Michael's not in it, and, you know, you heard over the years, um, Halloween 3, uh, don't expect to see Michael, that's the one that he's not in it, so when I went to see it, I already knew what I was getting into, and didn't expect Michael, so, um, but I can't imagine being a person back in the day, um, expecting to see Michael Myers in, in the movie theater and then you go there and he just never shows up and, and I'm pretty sure the marketing um, left it kind of like vague with whether he's in it or not so it tricked a lot of people so it's kind of understandable why it gets hate from I guess the people that remember watching it back in the day but uh, with disregarding all that this is a, a great movie by itself if you could just forget that that Michael's not in it and that um, they tricked you into watching it originally 
But um, yeah, this movie, besides the first one, I think it captures the Halloween spirit the, the absolute best. And it, this is a, another good one to watch every Halloween. Um, it's very atmospheric. I, I love the music next to the original one. This is my favorite music in the whole series. And uh, I love just how batshit crazy and like unique it is. It's like, I never seen any other movie like this. <clears throat> and it's very, very dark and the kills are pretty crazy too. So even though it's not a slasher, um, it has some very memorable kills, some like really nasty, like disgusting and disturbing, like just like dastardly stuff that you never really see in other movies. So it definitely gets points for that. Uh, one of the darkest movies ever. Um, like, like I said, the Halloween tradition is like alive and well in this. Um, the the atmosphere and like just like I wouldn't say it's like John Carpenter, but uh, it does have like it has a lot going for it that the first movie has when it comes to um, the suspense and like the, the the movie just being very like atmospheric and and um, kind of like you know as you go on you, you the mystery starts to like unravel like more and more like um, for example the very beginning how it starts with the guy running immediately that uh, you're intrigued and you're wondering what is this guy running from you know it's like something's going on in this uh, when they go to the town you could tell that the town's like like just like a front for like you know something really weird going on underneath and that everybody knows something um those guys that that go around in suits killing people are super creepy and it reminded me a lot of the agents from the matrix uh they're like the original agent smiths and like just the way they like have like the blank face and the way they kill it's like you know just like these really heinous ways and just like the whole time the, the movie you just you know you're like unsettled and you're wondering what's going on and um you know it's like leading to something just including the the song the commercial of the the catchy um silver shamrock song like the more you hear it the more like you start to realize that it's like leading to something sinister and then like eventually it turns into like a countdown to like you know doomsday and then um we'll talk about it more but that ending is amazing and you don't even like see what really happens but just what's implied is just so like dark and like such a nihilistic and you know unique ending so this movie um like i said if you could just forget that michael's not in it and um the fact that they called it halloween three um this this is like a really good um like not not just halloween movie a really good horror movie a really good um suspense movie a mystery movie and i i think it's the the one of the best ones my, my favorite would be halloween one and then kills and then this one and i think uh, going forward in the future maybe one thing they could do to like make the movie get a little more love because like i know recently uh people are starting to come around to it more but in the future maybe they should repackage it as just season of the witch uh, market it as that like take out the halloween three part and then like sell it as a movie called season of the witch and i'm sure like um newcomers and like new fans that never knew about it being part of the series would pick it up and enjoy it yeah i uh like i said i i i agree with you that um that like i already said like this is one of my top Halloween films. I think that this again. I'm not knocking Halloween Kills like to each their own. I think this and Halloween One I would consider the only two great movies in the series. Like I said, I, I, it's my favorite. Halloween I would say is my favorite of the main horror franchises, but that's because I think all the movies are good. Like I said, I think this is again like a great standalone movie. Yeah. Um, you you said again. Um, with the death scenes like you don't see stuff like that in too many movies like with the kid with the mask on his face mm-hmm. and you don't see uh that scene in the bedroom where the woman's in the motel whatever it is and the and it shoots through her face and it uh, burns the hole through, through, through her head oh yeah like again like again you, you don't really see that in any movies I, I i mean i guess you do but you wouldn't see that in like a halloween movie 
Yeah, vi- like visually, things. this movie just just gets you like, uh, um, yeah, stuff that you never saw before, and including the guy in the beginning after he takes the guy, gouges the guy's eyes into like a skull, whatever that crazy kill yeah. kind of gives him like a nose job. He sets himself on fire afterwards. Like, I never saw anything like that in a movie, and that that like from there on, you know, like this is gonna be a crazy batch of crazy movie, and you know, it gets points for that for sure. Yeah, you know exactly what you're getting into. Like I said, like. You might not know what you what, what you were getting into when you walked in the theater going to see Halloween three, but after the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes, you you knew exactly what was going on. Um, I mean, you, you knew that you were getting something different. And like I said, I, as much as I like it, I could understand being a teenager and walking into a movie theater to go see Halloween three and wanting to see Michael Myers and seeing that and being like, "What the hell is this shit?" Like I said, like I I, I could be like, "All right." cool movie but that's not what I paid to go see like I I wanted to go I was in the mood for this sometimes you're in the mood for whatever Jaws sometimes you're in the mood for American Pie like there's different like movies so again but so I could feel I I, I could understand even though they were people that saw this movie without knowing what they were seeing that were expecting Michael Myers they were the they were actually the complete opposite of being ripped off like they were giving some a new story a, a great plot and not just a typical like I'm gonna cut you movie, like a, not not just like a typical slasher, but I could understand them believing that they're being ripped off, and that I, I get that. Yeah, but if you liked, um, like like yeah, it sucks to be tricked and you know being deceived and m- making you think that Michael's gonna be in it. But like you said, um, they ended up getting like a nice treat, and that's a new story, and it has all the fundamentals of uh, the original. Made it great. Um, like if you like cool kills, um, this definitely has really cool kills especially if you're a fan of halloween 2 which um i know that's where the slasher direction uh the direction the slasher movies were going those days was the really over the top kills this movie um outdoes like any of those movies from those days i think this has one of the coolest kills ever uh, it has the suspense part and it definitely has the the halloween spirit in it just like the first one so uh john carpenter was really thinking ahead and like you know um making the right choice trying to make this an anthology and it would have been nice if people accepted it and i think what really hurts it is the fact that halloween 2 came out and then michael was in that so then, you know, people were, like, conditioned, like, all right, so Halloween equals Michael Myers. So if he didn't come back in the second one and they just left the first one as a standalone, which it should have been, um, I think people would have been more accepting of an anthology if Halloween 3 came in, like, right after maybe, like, the first one. By the way, I just realized that I forgot to tell everyone the plot of this movie when, when we started. So, again, I'm going to give you guys the plot really quick. Um... There's a hospital emergency room, uh, Dr. Daniel Chalice, who's played by Atkins, and there's a young girl, uh, Ellie Grimbridge, and she is the daughter of a murder victim. Um, uncover, they, they uncover a terrible plot by a small town mask maker um, called uh, Con- Connell Cochran, a madman who's planning a Halloween mass murder utilizing an ancient Celtic ritual. The ritual involves a boulder stolen from Stonehenge, the use of the silver shamrock mask, and a triggering device contained in a television commercial all designed to kill millions of children. So again, I'm sorry I forgot to tell you guys that in the beginning. Yeah, that's that's what's even crazier about it too. It's the fact that it's somebody trying to kill people in like a mass casualty way, like reach all these TVs, especially kids, which makes it extra sick and like disturbing. Um, yeah, that, that's one of the coolest things about it. It's like, you know, uh, slashers are cool. I've seen people get killed one by one, but, um, the fact that, you know, there's like people out there, um, like, well, in this movie, there's somebody so evil that's willing to like kill 
all these kids like at once with something that like you know it's it's supposed to be like joyful like halloween mask like you know taking advantage of a a nice holiday and then using it to kill you know millions of kids that's just so dark and once again no other movies like this well thing is also again like you know first of all screw this movie because uh it's making us irishmen look bad <laughs> so again like cochran just reminds me it, 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 is it just me or does he remind you of like an irish bond villain yeah <laughs> Like, I, I, I could see him, like, trying to take over the world, tr- trying to kill all the children, bonding and stop them. And that's kind of what that reminded me of. Yeah, but it's again, like it's also kind of like, like corporate America is, like, the villain in this, too. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. But, uh, again, like, they, they, we discussed this, I think, last time. I'm not sure, but, like, this movie was, uh, this movie was kind of leading up to uh, when this came out every Halloween movie was going to be different. So every Halloween movie was going to focus on a different movie involving stuff that happens in, uh, during Halloween, uh, like masks and stuff. And like they were going to make a, uh, another one, that the second one that we talked about last time in Halloween 2, when the kid's eating the razor blade and goes to the hospital, that was what going to be one of the sequels we're going to be focused on. But again, me and Steve are one of the minority that like this movie. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of people listening to us like, Big horror fans might like it too, but uh, people that are just casual Halloween watchers like are not fans of it. So again, because of that, obviously, like I always say, it's a business. So that's where Halloween Four came in, the return of Michael Myers. And guess what happens to the return of Michael Myers? Michael Myers returns. <laughs> so again, because uh, yeah, yep, they, it's all big business. So again, like I said, it doesn't matter if the movie's great or not. If it keeps the dough rolling in, they'll keep making it. Yeah, and people were. Like, you know, they wanted Michael back, and they let that distract them from the fact that this is a really good movie, because, um, you know, Michael could come back and, and return to Michael Myers and all the other ones, but um, a lot of stuff from the original didn't come back, and that's, like, again, the cinematography, the lighting, just, like, the cool camera uh, techniques and, and um, you know, unique original ideas that hadn't been done, and this one has that. I don't think Halloween 4 or any of the Halloweens later on really have, like, iconic shots like this one has like the kids trick-or-treating with like the sun in the background um when they show like all the states all the kids getting together um for for the giveaway at nine like i feel like that part is like a really good capture of like halloween and how it feels um a lot of cool a lot of really cool um uh, shadow effects and like lighting effects just like john carpenter um just I, I, he didn't direct this right he just he only wrote it right yeah yeah he he, he uh yeah I, I, yeah he wrote it I, I don't know if he produced it Okay, but either way, this this one, um, I think, without having Michael, it tried the most to be like a, a movie in like the, you know, in the same that could be brought up in the same conversation as Halloween one, like a completely different story. Um, you know, you could argue which which one you like more. If you feel like a slasher, if you like this type of movie more, but when it comes to like being the best movie you could be, uh, as far as like you know the story you're telling, uh, I think they they knocked it out of the park with this one because there's really nothing like wrong with this movie like i wouldn't say like it has any like flaws i wouldn't say it's flawless either but for what it's trying to be it it you know it does it It, and it's not like any other movie it's not trying to be like like the first one like you know with another slasher or something else it really just brings the quality and like the hard work um and the attention to detail of the first one with a whole different story so yeah like you said it would have been really interesting to have an anthology if you know we could have gotten the razor blade story afterwards um just a lot of stories trying to be that that same um, you know the quality level as the first one would have been really nice, but um, yeah they just focused on Michael and and I don't think the quality ever really came back like that. 
By the way, Tommy Lee Wallace, the director, wrote the movie. Uh, it was produced by Carpenter and Hill. Okay. Just realized that. But, um, so, I was going to say, but that, the movie that this really, like, didn't, obviously didn't, uh, didn't take from Halloween, the movie this, that, that this uh, took a lot from is um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is, came out in the 50s, and then they had to remake it in 78, so probably because 78 just came out a few years earlier, that's why they decided to make this. And the funny thing is that this, um, interestingly, this movie takes place in a town called San... Hello? Actually, so Tom Lee, now that I take a look at it, Tom Lee Wallace is the one that wrote it, and both Carpenter and Hill ended up uh, producing the film. But again, like we were saying, like Halloween three isn't much at all like Halloween one, but it is. Uh, it takes a lot from a different horror movie that came out earlier called Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which was first released in the fifties and then later on again in nineteen seventy eight, I believe. It's it, even the town in even the town in Body Snatchers and Halloween three are the same town. They're both Santa Mira, California. So again, that that's no coincidence. That's um, that's Halloween three paying homage to to the uh, to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and the ending of this movie. Again, we were just talking about this before we went on air. It was a great ending because you think everything's okay, you think everyone's safe, and then you find out that just like the Snatchers got the girl at the end of the first one, um, at, at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that the uh, Cochrane ended up getting the girl in. Um, in Halloween three, so again, it it turns out like is everything safe at the end? Like, did did, did they actually stop it? No, probably not. So, yeah, yep. Yeah. So you never know, and, and that again, that leaves a little open, little open ending at the end of there. Yeah, and um, yeah, that that town was um really creepy, and I I thought it was pretty funny how when they enter it, it even says um home of Silver Shamrock um you know the toy toy maker or whatever. So it's like it's so clear that you know this town was just you know made as like a front for something really sinister going on, and I, I like stuff like that where like somebody kind of reminds you of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you know you just end up somewhere where you don't want to end up and like everybody in like the town um, or like the whole family is in on it and you know act like normal people and you know they'll, they'll smile and wave and you know from the outside it looks like a regular town but there's really something like going on um, deep inside of it so. I like that a lot about it. And uh, you said that this is the director of um, Small Soldiers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot... I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I love Small Soldiers also. And that made me realize... Um, that's another thing that I like about this movie so much. It's it's like um, like a movie's fan like movie. Like It's not really like trying to be like... Um, you know, it's so like artistic or dramatic going for like any awards. This is just like a movie that's like fun. Like, you know, like batshit crazy. Like stuff you only see in movies. Like you're... you're obviously you're supposed to suspend your disbelief and you're supposed to just take it for what it is like it's not it's clearly not in the world of of uh, halloween one that's like trying to be grounded and, and real and you know a lot of it could be believable um halloween one is even a movie in this so that's pretty interesting also so um i, I like that a lot about it that it's um it's just like a fun you know um like a, like a movie like small soldiers is another really fun movie so uh, people that watch it sh should also not, you know, keep in mind in the back of their head that this isn't trying to be like a serious, you know, Halloween one, like dramatic, like realistic type story. This is um, like a kind of like a blockbuster, I want to say. 
and a lot of the imagery is just so creepy and like uh, i want to say also iconic so it has that going for it too and including them when when they test the the mask on that kid at the end with, with the pumpkin and then you see the bugs and the snake come come out of it and just the fact that it's a kid uh being killed for like a test um it's just so like sinister and you know it's, it's a great horror movie for that like um the fact that if you want to like see disturbing stuff uh this movie has a cover for sure yeah it's, it's also great like again that that whole scene with the kid uh with the kid with the mask on like i said that that's one probably one of the most popular halloween scenes ever yeah i i, I, I put that in like the top few halloween scenes ever in the whole franchise yeah and again it, it, you, you you know something's gonna happen you know the music the silver shamrock song song starts playing and you're just waiting to see what, what's about to go down and again like you don't know they're going to show it because they don't really show stuff like that happening to kids in movies that that often. Yep, exactly. So, so you're not 100% sure what you're about to see. Actually, with that Silver Shamrock song, interesting fact, Tommy Lee Wallace is the uh, is the is the voiceover in in that uh, for, for that song in oh, the movie. Wow. So hey. the director is the voiceover for that. Yeah, it's clearly um, at the tune of London Bridge is falling down, but um, it's just so catchy and like it works so well. And like I said in the beginning, when you hear it. It seems so like friendly and like you know harmless, like a fun little kid melody, you know, promoting a, a costume. But then as the movie goes on, it becomes like a scary song with, without them really changing it around. Just like from what you learn, the more the movie goes on, the more the mystery unravels. Um, you know, the song suddenly becomes something that's more like you know a bad thing. Whereas in the beginning, it was like, oh, this is a nice little catchy song. At the end, it kind of like leaves you like you know uh, unease, like oh shit, what's gonna happen? And then. The implication of what happens at the very end, um, you know, you said that we don't get to see what happens, but I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody dies. That's just so, you know, that's a perfect horror movie ending. I told you when we covered other movies that those are my favorite endings. The one that, the ones that seems like, oh, the day is saved, everything's fine, but then, no, the, the darkest, you know, twist possible happens. And yeah, this, is, uh, this movie has a lot going for it, honestly. Well, I love the end of, uh, again, the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is pretty much the same thing. It's not, it's not the girl that sorry, it's not the girl that uh that ends up being being um being uh is being becoming a pod person, I guess you would call them. It's Donald Sutherland, the main character, and the girl runs up to him like, "Thank God we made it," and he puts his finger up and he goes, "Ah," and like he just points his finger j j just like the pod people do, mm -hmm. and again like he points at her so so, so they all know where she is. And again, it's great. Like it, it, you could see so many happy endings. It's always nice to see something like that every once in a while, you know. Yeah, and but, I completely uh, agree too. Um, I can't put my finger on why, but Tom Atkins is a great actor and does keep your eyes glued to the screen. Um, I never really saw any of his other movies, but um, like I wouldn't say he's like the most likable character. Like you know, he's like going around like cheating on his wife and like doing all this stuff. But um, the guy has like like charisma something about him just he's like a perfect main character so um after this i'm, I'm gonna ask you what those other movies you mentioned he's in because i want to check them out yeah they're all great and like i said uh my bloody valentine's a great movie he, he, he's in the remake of my, my bloody valentine which is terrific also but um again he's just we mentioned this before while doing the thing that kurt russell is like a man's man that, that that's what atkins is he's yeah just that's like, probably he, why yeah He's a badass, and, and just, he, he doesn't care what people think about him, like, or, or around him. Like, he's going to do what he wants to do, and, like, he, he just, like, he's a rebel. Yeah. And, again, it's great. And even, like, in the scene, like, 
I used to be jealous that he was like sleeping with that young hot girl, like the uh, the twenty year old girl, whatever. whatever. He, he even has to ask her if she's legal or something like that in the movie. He's like, and how old are you? The and one, like, that, and this guy's like fifty. The daughter, right? <laughs> but, uh, the father that died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was gorgeous. And, like, yeah, no, she was gorgeous. But then later on, I'm looking, I'm like, damn, this girl gets to fuck Tom Atkins. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. It's a total flip around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But like I said, but he. He definitely makes the movie what it is. He, he uh, the movie would have been great anyway, no matter who you put in to be that role. But he kicked it up a notch, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, no. And I, the, uh, you agree though completely that uh, hands down this is the best music besides the first one. Uh yeah, and like I said, but it it's funny. Uh, my friend John, when we're hanging out sometimes, so just randomly sing the Silver Shamrock song. <laughs> So, like, it's definitely catchy. Yeah. And, um, it's definitely funny, because, like, if we're walking around and he's singing the Silver Shamrock song, like, the average person, maybe the person listening to us on, on our show knows what it is. People don't know what the Silver Shamrock song is, so, like, what the hell is this guy singing? <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that, 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 just, that tune, um, but even besides that, just, like, the background music during the suspense parts, uh, I think was really good. And, and those masks, I, I've got to say, also are really cool and, like, iconic as hell, and I say next to the Michael Myers mask, the most recognizable and iconic, like, you know, thing to see out of these movies is those three masks. Well, they actually sold the masks in stores to promote to promote the movie. Okay. I didn't know that. But yeah, you, me neither. You know what also makes this movie great? The fact that Roger Ebert hated it. Really? He hated it? Yeah, I'm always knocking Roger Ebert, but like I said, <laughs> he hated it, so it means it's a good thing. But, I, uh, I wonder why he hated it, though, because, um, I mean, he wasn't a big fan of the second one, so I, I know he wasn't dying for Michael to come back, so I hope it's not because he was expecting Michael. Um, and when it comes to judging as a regular movie, um, that, that actually surprised me a lot that Roger Ebert didn't like it. Uh, he just overanalyzed everything. Yeah, that's, so that's dumb. Yeah. It's a great movie. Like I said, uh, but uh, again, he's gone, and now, we, and now we've taken over. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, but uh, the tagline of this movie was actually, actually uh, from uh, the original tagline is the night he came home, and the tagline of this movie is actually the night that no one came home. Oh wow, that's awesome! I, I, th- I thought that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and the name season of the witch is just so cool. It's a, this is like a perfect Halloween movie. There's a great Donovan song too called the season of the witch, and and uh, that I believe that came out in the seventies, but that, that's a great song. And that's funny that, that they're watching Halloween in this, the first one, because then that means that in this world, um, Michael Myers is a fictional character. Um, and then later on in H2O, you see them watching Scream 2. So that means that Scream is a fictional movie in the, well, well is season, is Halloween 7 part of the, the timeline? Is Halloween 3? No, right? Halloween 3 is on its own timeline. Its own timeline. Okay. Well, yeah, I just think it's funny how in Halloween movies you see them watching Scream, and then in Scream you see them watching Halloween movies. So it's like, which one's yeah. the movie? <laughs> I didn't remember that from Halloween H2O. I guess they're watching it like inside the dorm or whatever. Yeah, I think they were watching Scream 2. Or, or maybe it was Resurrection. Well, one of them I know they were watching Scream 2. Well, I think I don't think Halloween Resurrection was out yet, so they're probably watching Scream 2. It, it might have just came out or came out like a year later. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh... Again, um, I thought it was cool with like, the the way the opening credits are done with the '80s computer style music. Oh just, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Escape from New York, 
which again it has uh, Escape from New York has Carpenter Hill and Atkins in it. Well, Carpenter Hill are are the Carpenter directs it, and Hill was the uh, writer, and Atkins was the star in it. Yeah. So again, like because of that, it made sense that that they had a uh, that same type of um, opening credit scene and stuff like that in it. Yeah, and even that opening, um, the suspense is like already there. Um, like. The, the f- very first scene with the guy running, like right there, you're, you're intrigued and you're wondering what's going on. But even the credits, it, it has you like wondering why is it digitized? Why is it like a computer or whatever? And then later on you find out that it's like, you know, technology plays a big part in how they're going to kill all these kids. So uh, I like that a lot about the movie that the whole time you're really just wondering what, what the hell's going on. And they don't, you know, they don't hold your hand the whole time and just, you know, feed you, spoon feed you everything that's going on. You kind of really have to just watch and as it goes along, um, you know, it, it starts to make sense. So, no, not too much like exposition, not not too much like you know, like dumbing down the script so people understand. It's really like the movie just plays out in front of you, and like you know just as much as like all the o- other audience members, and you know just as much as like Tom Atkins and like the 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 characters in there. So, you know, I, I like that a lot because I know in Halloween too, I said that it was really stupid that you know they're they're wasting time with the Ben Tramer thing. Meanwhile, the audience already knows that it's not Michael. This one. The audience isn't really like you know we, they don't waste our time and we're not really insulted we're kind of like in, uh, going along for the ride at, with the main characters and they give us a, the right amount of information so that it's like nice and mysterious and suspenseful well this is also the only like like you just said like you had to like kind of sit down and actually watch it this is the only halloween movie that i can't like walk away for 15 minutes and come back and know exactly what's going on yeah yep it's like it's like any typical slasher movie. It's it's the same um same plot for the most part, but this obviously isn't a slasher movie, so it's not like a not one of those movies. You gotta kind of sit there like you know, I I I was watching the other day. I had to go use the bathroom. I had to actually pause the movie. I'm like yeah. I, I need to pause it for a moment. But like again, there could something happen in the movie for five minutes and totally throw off what how the movie's playing out. You know? Yeah, and it's not suspenseful for the sake of being suspenseful either. They they really like um. Like they they don't give you that much information. You find out as it goes along, but also they do let you know that something is going on. Like when they enter the town and, and you see everybody standing outside their businesses, like staring at the people. Like you know, clearly they don't get that many visitors. Um, you know something's going on in that town. Uh, the beginning when the guy's being chased and then and then he he's being strangled by him and he removes the cinder block from the car that was like on neutral and then it rolls down and pins him against the other car. The way the the guy that the the bad guy that was strangling him reacts when he gets pinned against the two cars like clearly this guy isn't a human you know something's going on like he had like a blank face and then he looks like he just like kind of like lumps over it doesn't really react like a, a person that's like in pain or like a regular human would if they were like, squeezed between two cars so from the very beginning you know something's going on they may not tell you but um it also doesn't try to hide it and they're just like oh gotcha like surprise like it doesn't have twists for the sake of it it's like you know just something really weird is going on and you got to watch to find out what it is yeah um, I don't really have much more to say about this movie. You got anything else you want to th- th- throw down, Steve? Uh, yeah, it's just just that, like like I said, it's um, the suspense and and all the stuff that I like about the first one. You know, obviously not as good as the first one. The first one's uh, one of my favorite movies ever. But um, a lot of the stuff that the first one has going when it comes to like behind the camera and like you know behind the scenes stuff and techniques and and just the storytelling. Um, this one has has that going for it too. So. You know, I give it points for that, and I like that it didn't just bring Michael back after, you know, he was set on fire in, in the second one, and I like that they took a risk and tried to make an anthology, and I really wish it worked out because, um, you know, we got a really good 
fun, unique, you know, um, different style movie than we would have if they just kept making, you know, more slashers. So um, hopefully they, they revisit this idea later on because I, I still think it would work in anthology. And um, like I said, it'd be cool if maybe they just started calling the season of the witch and then more people would give it a chance. But I think there will always be, even people that didn't get tricked originally to see it in theaters, there will always be people, even right now, that watch it for the first time and will judge it based on the fact that Michael's not in it. And I, I just think that's unfair because it's, it's a great movie uh, with or without Michael. Well, I, I actually like being, again, like, I I don't want to sound like uh, I'm, a, I'm better than you type person, but I, I like being one of the few people that like watching it and, again, like, not not caring that Michael Myers in there or not because, again, it makes you feel like you're part of, like, a small club, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it deserves way more recognition than it has, though. Yeah, and, I don't people, think it's going to ever get it. Yeah, people, no, but people are starting to come around to it, though, I noticed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that I talk to horror about, like, are, are fans of it because they're diehard horror fans. Yeah. But, yeah, that's really again. it. If you're a horror fan, you'll like it. If, if you're a Michael Myers fan, you might be disappointed, but just, just forget about it. Just, you know, get it out of your head. It happened years ago. You, you weren't one of the people that went to see it in theaters and got tricked whatever. Like, who cares at this point that Michael's not in it? It's been rebooted. It's been, you know, different timelines, all this stuff. Like, just accept it for it is. It's a great movie called Season of the Witch about, you know, what this story is about. Nothing to do with Michael, and that's okay. Yeah, we're getting sick of it and quit crying about it, okay? Yeah, exactly. Get over it. That's what we're trying to say. Just get out of here. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, I don't really have too much more to add to uh, what we are talking about. But again, like, um, I'm going to give my, uh, we each have a, a movie recommendation today. Mine is going to be a Jason Goes to Hell, which is like the um, the Jason's version of this film where they stepped aside and did something unique. Um, you can see a lot of cool stuff inside Jason Goes to Hell. Like they have uh, they have um, e there's some Evil Dead uh, stuff inside the house that, that, that they go into. I, I believe the Book of the Dead is inside the um, is inside the house that they go into. So again, you you can see a lot of random stuff inside there, and um, that movie is also about bodies kind of being taken over. So that's that that has a little bit similar to that, and Jason Goes to Hell is again a very hated Friday the Thirteenth movie, but I think it just gets that because just like this movie, there's no not really Jasons in it for like a couple minutes. Steve-o? Uh yeah, I'll do the same thing. Recommend a movie that's very different from the rest of the series, but still good. Um, that's Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That's like when I believe um, you meant still great. Still, I'm sorry. I believe you meant still great. Yeah, still amazing. Um, <laughs> West Cream is New Nightmare, which is what he, which actually came out before Scream. So that's pretty interesting that um, West Craven was already doing a meta movie within a movie before Scream came out. Um, yeah, West Cream is New Nightmare, definitely different than all the other ones, but very good for that reason. Um, I'd say that's that's what the best thing that has going for it is the fact that it's not just another nightmare movie. So yeah, I want to recommend that for sure. Well, I'll say Wes Craven's New Nightmare is my uh, third favorite night. Well, not my second favorite nightmare film. Um, again, very, very. I'm one of the few that doesn't put Nightmare on Elm Street one at least in the top two. I go Dream Warriors and then New Nightmare and then Nightmare one. But again, like, uh, but I think I have the same order to, actually. Yeah, like I said, I I don't think anything is top of Dream Warriors. Like yeah. I don't think that's an opinion. I think that's a straight up fact. Yeah, I, I think. I think Dream Warriors is the best nightmare movie. I think Dream Warriors is the best um, film, other than the original Halloween in the uh, 
in the in those three major trilogy and those three major franchises: uh, Friday, Nightmare, and Halloween. Yeah, but, I agree. Um, Halloween one, yeah. then then Dream Warriors. Yeah, Dream Warriors is when Freddy became Freddy. Yeah. Uh, again, like or when he stopped being the original Freddy, which made him even better. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, again, my top four in Nightmare is the same as Halloween. Um, mixing up the order. Like, my top four are the first film, the third film, the fourth film, and the seventh film. But, again, like I said, but that's that. But, again, guys, we want to appreciate you again for listening to us tonight. We, we appreciate that very much. We want to thank you for that. And you can catch us on our Instagram page, again, at Be Afraid Horror Podcast, where you can see the links to go listen to all of our, all of our episodes as well since the beginning, since the Evil Dead days. And next week, we are going to step in here and tackle Halloween 4, the first part of the Thorn Trilogy. Of the Thorn Trilogy. The return of Michael Myers. Yep, he's returning. He's back. All right, guys, but thanks again. Be afraid. Have a good one.